So if you're able to, if you would please stand with me in honor of God as we read a portion of his word here. We're coming to the end of chapter 6. They've just talked about uh, instructing your children. Moses has told the people how to be obedient themselves to God. And then we come to verse 20 of Deuteronomy 6. When your son asks you in time to come, what is the meaning of the testimonies and the statutes and the rules that the Lord our God has commanded you, then you shall say to your son, we were Pharaoh's slaves in Egypt, and the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand, and the Lord showed signs and wonders great and grievous against Egypt and against Pharaoh and all his household before our eyes. And he brought us out from there that he might bring us in and give us the land that he swore to give to our fathers. And the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes, to fear the Lord our God for our good always, that he might preserve us alive as we are this day. And it will be righteousness for us if we are careful to do all this commandment before the Lord our God as he has commanded us. You may be seated, may we be encouraged and strengthened through our reading and instruction in God's word this morning. And Father, we do again, as Kirk prayed, just ask your special time of blessing on us as we look at your word. Help us to be receptive to it, our hearts to be soft, and for your spirit to work through it and, and to change us again. And with, with Kirk, I, I thank you for Blake, and I thank you for Jeff, and I pray for our church as we seek to faithfully follow you, as we pursue uh, leaders who will uh, not exercise leadership in an unhealthy way, in a, a way like the rest of the world would exercise leadership, but, but you would provide us with, with uh, shepherds who would sacrificially care for us as they lay down the lives for the flock. And we pray this in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Well, talking about rules in the home is not a, a sermon topic that would, would normally come up uh, this, this time. I mean, first of all, we've, we've been spending a lot of time, it feels like, over the past few months talking about parenting issues and marriage issues. And so, you know, it, it's, it's kind of a subject that I feel like we've covered somewhat recently. And then also, you know, I'm a little bit hesitant to talk about rules in the home because that's a... That's a very narrow topic, potentially, potentially exclusive topic, because there are a lot of us who would say, you know what, um, I, this doesn't really seem to apply to me how to implement Christ-exalting rules in the home. I'm, I'm single, or I don't have children in the home, or the, the children have, have left the home. So, you know, there, it's a potentially exclusive uh, topic as well. And so before we dive into this, I would first of all say, you know, if, if you are single or married without children or empty nesters, uh, I, hope that, I hope that you can see some benefit for us talking about this as part of our biblical counseling conference this morning. Hopefully that you, you can be encouraged as you think about other families in the church. You can think about how you can implement some of these principles with the, the children who are in our church through children's ministry. You can think about how to encourage 
those, those people in our church who do have children in the home right now. And hopefully this can also be encouraging to you as you think about the rules, the statutes, the, the law of Christ in your own life and what it looks like to implement that through, through rules and through, uh, through instruction in, in your own life as well and be encouraged by that. And, and I hope also, just kind of another thing to think about as we begin talking about this this morning, I hope that if you, if you come to this and you say, boy, um, yeah, I, I, I've, I've missed it on some of these things. I, I did not or am not implementing Christ-exalting rules or did not implement Christ-exalting rules in my home. I, I hope you won't find that discouraging. That you say, you know what, uh, I recognize that by God's grace, I, I did some things wrong. You know, just like in an area, any area of life that we talk about on a Sunday morning, be it uh, our speech or be it immorality or be it uh, how, we, how we work in the workplace, that we'd say, you know what, here's some areas where I failed. What's, what's God's call on me right now in life? Well, it's, it's to acknowledge where I failed, to repent, and by God's grace to, to pursue further and deeper obedience for God's glory. And, and God, who knows how God will use that, even the lives of your adult children, as you personally avail yourselves to the truth of the gospel, perhaps as your older children see you asking for forgiveness and seeking the Lord, that can be encouraging them to them as well, even though the opportunity to implement Christ-exalting rules in your home with them in it potentially has, has passed. But all that to say, uh, I'm, I'm excited to, to talk about this because I think for those of us who are in a situation where we're either parents with children in the home or children with parents in the home, uh, hopefully that there's, some, there's some things that we can talk about together that will be encouraging to you. If you are a kid this morning, if you are someone who would identify as a child in the home of your parent, I wonder what you think about when you think about rules. Actually, I don't need to wonder um, because I also was a kid with parents in the home at one point. And uh, sometimes whenever you're a kid and you think about rules, you have a very negative opinion of them, right? I mean, here's you, right? And here's over here, here's joy and fun and delight and all the good things in life and in between you and joy and delight and the fullness of all good things are what? There's rules right there in the middle there. And, and you have to figure out how am I going to get by those rules so that I can experience all the fun things that I want to in life, like bouncing on the couch and, and eating candy and staying up late. How can I, how can I get mom and dad to, to lower those rules, move this, so I can enjoy all the good things that, that exist in life, right? That's sometimes how we can view rules. But kids, let me, let me let you in on a secret, okay? Parents don't like rules a lot of times as well. We, we struggle with rules. I mean, we struggle with rules because uh, we don't know which rules to, to lay down sometimes. We don't enjoy enforcing rules. We want to eat candy and watch TV and stay up late as well. Uh, sometimes, sometimes we can't remember which rules we've made. And it's, it's really hard. Like, now what did I tell them? I, I don't want to betray, we, but did I, did I tell them they could stay up? I can't remember. It's, it's a, we don't like rules either. Sometimes, uh, sometimes whenever we leave to go on a, a date or something like that, and I look at the kids and, and the kids say, oh, bye, we'll miss you. Uh, but I think they're lying. Uh, you know, there's, there's that glint of joy in their eyes like, now we're in charge and we can, we can pursue the glory of God in ways that we feel like we need to do that. Uh, and so it's going to look a little different with mom and dad gone, right? 
You know, I was, uh, I was getting Hannah's, I was getting Hannah's, uh, I was getting a car ready for Hannah last year when she was getting ready to turn uh, 16, and, and it was, it's a car that is, is like the same age as her, and so there are some things that need to be fixed on it, and, and there was a, a dome light that needed to be replaced, and so I watched a, a YouTube video, okay, how do I do this, how do I, and it said, okay, take a screwdriver and put it here, and don't turn uh, you have to turn hard enough to get the, the piece to move, but if you turn uh, too hard, you'll snap it and it's, it's irreplaceable, to that, that piece. And so I stuck the screwdriver in and didn't turn hard enough and didn't turn hard enough and then snap. Okay, it's broken. Oh man, well, there's another, there's another side. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Snap. Okay, well now it looks the same, at least on both sides, right? So uh, sometimes I think that, that rules, for me as a parent, rules sometimes feel like that, like a screwdriver. Like I, I know it's a tool that I, I need to use, but I'm afraid that as I wield it, I'm either not going to wield it hard enough or I'm going to wield it too hard and I'm going to cause irreplaceable damage. Rules, kids, let me tell you, as a parent, rules can be frustrating for us as well. So here's what I want to do in our time together this morning. I want to give us a vision of how God would have us think and view rules, and how God would have us, how God would have us think about having joy, not seeing rules as, as an obstacle relationship, but, but seeing rules. And by rules, I even mean that not, not, just the, not just the idea of rules like here's this list on your refrigerator of don't do this and do this, and here's your curfew, and here's how many snacks you can eat, but, but rules in terms of instruction, that the idea that, that God's instruction through, through parents doesn't have to be an obstacle to relationship and an obstacle to joy, but instruction, rules in the home, can be an instrument that God uses to bring about life change and protection and joy in the lives of the people we love. In fact, here's kind of the central idea that I want us to think about this morning as as parents and as children. We want to implement rules in such a way, we want to implement rules in such a way that our children in the church and home see the beauty of Jesus Christ and the gospel. That's, That's really what we want to accomplish as we think about rules in the home. We want to implement rules so that the content of the, of the rules and the way that we implement the rules, that our children are going to see the beauty of Jesus Christ in that process, and they're going to encounter the truth of the gospel and, and the rules in that process as well. Now, my encouragement to, to parents here, again, don't be discouraged. My encouragement would be to look at God's word here and find great joy and delight in this process, to continue to avail yourself of the gospel as you go through this process. And my encouragement to kids, okay, if you are a, a kid with parents in the home this morning, uh, my, my encouragement to you would be gracious, okay? Be gracious to mom and dad, okay? Uh, or grandma or aunt or uncle, whoever is in charge of implementing rules in your home. This, this weekend, uh, I really enjoyed the conference personally, and uh, one session whenever Scott was teaching, I was sitting there, and I was tracking along pretty well. I'm thinking, man, I'm kind of nailing this. Uh, good thing. I got. And then, and then Scott began to, to give an illustration of bad parenting, and it's like he had, he had come into my home and watched me on Thursday. I mean, he was nailing exactly everything that I had done as a father in, whenever I was talking with, uh, with my son. And and, uh, and, and more disturbing than that is that every single one of you who are in the audience were like nodding in agreement like, oh, and there was, there was at one point there was an audible gasp like, oh, a father would do that? I can't, and I'm thinking, 
I did that. Everyone in the room is shocked by it. And I'm supposed to teach later too. Like I don't, this, this, isn't, this isn't mashing. And so uh, afterwards I went up to Austin. I said, hey buddy, were you paying attention? Uh, kind of hoping he'd say, no, I wasn't really. What happened? I uh, said, yeah, I was. Yeah. I said, you heard, you heard what Scott said, huh? Yeah. I said, yeah, we should talk later. Um, I, you know, it sounds like dad has some things that he needs to, to think through. And Austin, he puts his, his hand on my shoulder and goes, dad, Glad we came to this conference. It's good. <laughs> it's good, right? So kids, be gracious, right? Be gracious. Uh, we're all in this together. We all need the gospel. We all want to honor Jesus Christ. And so let's, let's think through from this passage. And this is a, li- you know, it's a little bit of a different sermon. I, I recognize that. So hopefully we can uh, take some joy from God's word here together. Here's, here's some things about how to implement Christ exalting rules in your home. Here's, here's the first thing. The first thing, and this is to parents and, and to children and to those of us who aren't parents, first is this, live in joyful submission yourself, okay? The first encouragement I would give to parents who are trying to implement Christ-exalting rules in their home would be, hey, live in submission yourself. Here's, here's what happens. Look at verse 20, right? He says, your, your son asks you in time to come, what is the meaning of the testimonies and the statutes and the rules that the Lord our God has commanded you? But, but think, he, he recognize what's taken place before this, this scenario takes place. So what's happened before is earlier in chapter 6. The, it's a parent who's instructing their children in the things of the Lord. And then it says, beginning in verse uh, 12, it talks about taking care, don't forget God, and we've talked about this process before. As you go through Deuteronomy, you need to know God so you can love God, and therefore you'll be obedient to God, and out, or, and out of, out of uh, that love for God flows obedience, then comes God's blessing. You don't know God, you are not going to love God, you're going to walk in disobedience, and you're not going to experience his blessing but his curse. And how can you know and love and walk in obedience to God? Well, it starts with God changing your heart. So we've talked about all that before, and we'll continue to talk about that as we go through the book of Deuteronomy in the coming weeks. But here's what I want you to see. As this parent, as this father instructs his son, he's walking in obedience to God himself. Verse 13, it's the Lord your God you shall fear. You'll serve him, and by his name you shall swear. You're not going to go after other gods, the gods of the peoples who are around you. For the Lord your God is in your midst. The Lord your God in your midst is a jealous God, lest the anger of the Lord your God be kindled against you, and he destroy you from the face of the earth. You don't put the Lord your God to the test, as you tested him in Massa. You shall diligently keep the commandments of the Lord your God, and his testimonies and his statutes, which he has commanded you. And you shall do what is right and good in the sight of the Lord, that it may go well with you, and that you may go in and take possession of the good land that the Lord swore to give to your fathers, by thrusting out all your enemies from before you as the Lord has promised you. So a child is coming to his dad, and the first thing that I want us to to see here is that the child, as he comes to his dad, is coming to a father who himself has lived in submission to the rules and statutes and instruction that the Lord his God has given him, right? You and I need to live in joyful submission ourselves. What our children should see is not a person who's rejecting authority, but a mom, a dad, a grandparent who is embracing authority, right? Now, what are the types of authority that God has placed in our lives? Well, 
Ephesians 5 tells us we're, we're to submit to one another. We're to live in, in relational submission to one another, honoring one another. 1 Peter chapter 2 says, Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be the, the emperor as supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. It's, this is the will of God that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. God calls us to submit to every human institution, every, every government uh, agency that God has, has placed above us, you and I, are to live in submission to. Now, we're not supposed to do evil things in that submission, but in those spheres that, that God has placed the government over us, you and I are to be living in joyful submission. We're not bad-mouthing the president. We're not uh, talking about how terrible the Speaker of the House of Illinois is or the, how ter- terrible the governor of Illinois is. We're not, we're, not, we're not saying that they're doing great things when they're doing evil, but our attitude towards those people that God has placed in authority over us is an attitude of submission. How we talk about police officers, how we talk about senators, how we talk about uh, mayors, how we talk about the, the people that God has placed in Positions of authority, teachers, coaches, our attitude is an attitude of joyful submission. We're doing that in our family relationships. Wives, submit to your husbands, Paul tells the Ephesians in Ephesians 5, 22. We're living in submission, even as adults, we're, we're living in an attitude of, of respectful, of respect towards, towards moms and dads, Right? Jesus in Mark chapter 7 is, is talking to, to the, the Pharisees and he, he talks about how Moses said to honor your father and mother and yet these, these adults are living in such a way that they're not honoring their father and mother. They're, they're taking the resources that they could have used to provide for their mom and dad. They're, they're, they're siphoning them off. They're quartering them off so that they, they won't use those things to, to help their parents. An adult, look, if, if, you're, if you're an adult... And your child, it's amazing to me how many people my, my own age talk very disrespectfully about, about their parents. If your child sees how you treat your parents and it's talking disrespectfully about them, if it's, if it's uh, refusing to provide for their needs, failing to, uh, to talk in a loving, respectful way about them, uh, why do you expect your children to live in submission and, and, and to honor you, right? God calls us to live in submission to, to religious authorities as well, to, to the church. And Hebrews chapter 13 describes this. And we, we've, we've talked about this this morning already as, as Kirk and Jeff were sharing. But here, here's, here's what we see. Here's what we see. If I want my children to live in joyful submission to the rules and instructions that God has given them, I need to live in joyful submission to the rules and instructions that God has given me. This, this week, uh, my, my son begins driver's ed, and so we're kind of excited about that process. And uh, my, I, I recognize more and more, as I've, I've seen my, my daughter watch me drive and my son watch me drive, my, my children are learning how to drive from me. Now, when I drove the Saturn, and a child would sit in the passenger side of the, of the car, and we, we'd be driving. Sometimes the child who was kind of beginning to learn how to drive would, would say, Dad, um, Dad, it looks like you're going awfully fast there, or faster. You know, that, that sign says 45 miles an hour, and it looks like there's a different, I'm not going to tell you, it looks like there's a different number <laughs> that's on your speedometer, right? Now, when I drove the Saturn, it was an analog speedometer. You know, there's just a little dial. I said, hey, you know what? The angle looks funny there. Um, 
you know, you kind of look from the side where the, and you just can't quite tell where the numbers are lining up. Trust me, you know, it's, it's okay. Um, now I drive a car with a digital speedometer. Um, it's, it's, harder to, it's harder to excuse that, right? My, my son is sitting in the passenger side of the car. He's watching me. How, how do I submit? How do I drive? He, he watches me whenever a, a text comes through on the phone. What am I going to do? Am I going to pick up that phone? Am I gonna look? My son is learning how to drive by, by watching how I drive. And the reality is, if I do not myself drive in a way that is responsible and, and God-honoring and respectful of authority, then I could, in a very real sense, cause physical harm to come to my son. That's a sobering thought. And how, how greater is the spiritual danger to my children if I'm not willing to live my life in submission and model submission to authorities for them, right? Second thing we see here, uh, not only am I to uh, model submission, live in joyful submission myself, secondly, we see that we're to foster relationships in which questions about rules can and will be asked. Verse 20, the, again, the, the son is coming to dad and saying, look, uh, dad, what's the meaning of the testimonies and the, the statutes and the rules that the Lord our God has commanded you? I, I love this question. I love this scenario because, first of all, this is a, this is a home where children are thinking deeply about meaning. In other words, this isn't a home where a child says, oh, I guess these rules exist because they're rules, and rules themselves are the ultimate standard. No, there's a, a child who understands rules aren't the ultimate. Rules here exist for a reason, and so they're, they're thinking deeply about those things. Don't be threatened by children who ask questions, right? The other thing I, I love about this is that it shows it, this is a home where children are aware of where the rules have their ultimate source, he says, the rules that the Lord our God has commanded you. In other words, the rules aren't some sort of absolute standard themselves. The rules, the instructions, the testimonies, all these things flow from their source of God. And I also love this scenario because of what it says about the relationship between the parent and the child here. This, this son has a relationship with his father in which he feels comfortable coming to dad and saying, hey dad, can you, can you help me understand this? Here, here's a homework assignment. We're part of a counseling conference, right? So here, here's a homework assignment for you if you're, if you're a parent. Ask your kids this week, right? Ask your kids, hey, what, what do you think about our rules? And then don't be defensive, okay? <laughs> Ask, and then, and then honestly listen. You say, well, well, Daniel, how, okay, how do I have a relationship with, with my children in which this type of conversation can take place. This, this isn't a type of conversation that can exist in every parent-child relationship. If I want to have a parent-child relationship where this kind of conversation can take place, what do I need to do? What does this need to look like? A, a couple thoughts. First of all, part of what you need to do to help your children depends on how old they are, right? So what do you do with younger children? There's a lot of things, but one thing is you, just, you need to be a parent who's willing to listen to questions. You need to train your children to feel comfortable asking you questions. And what, what, what does a young child do? Man, a young child 
can ask you so many questions, you feel like you are about on the verge of losing your mind. And so what do you, what do you, have, you have to train yourself? I want to, I want to train my child to, to know it is a good and great thing to ask mom and dad questions. I want to hear those things. Now, sometimes you may have to say, look, you know what? That was, that was question number 50. We're going to take five. Uh, daddy, needs to, daddy needs to unwind and let his, let his brain congeal together again, so we're just going to hold on, and then, and then at the appropriate time, we're going to come back, hold that thought, you know? It's probably going to be gone anyway, uh, but, you know, hold that, and we're going to come back to that. With a middle school child, what, you know, what, what about middle school and, and those sorts of ages? Look, I think we have to be patient with, with growing maturity, right? Sometimes a, a middle school child is going to come to you, and they are going to say something so profound about obedience and about loving God, and you're like, wow, this, this child is some sort of spiritual prodigy, and then the next moment they're going to tell you a, a snot joke, I mean, or some other bodily function, and you know, you're, you're, I'm, okay with, I'm okay with developing maturity, right? And then with older children, with older children, how do I foster this type of relationship where these types of questions can, can be asked? You know, I, I think... I think there's, a, there, there's so much here, right? But it, with older kids, we're recognizing that, hey, these are, these are young adults, and it's okay if they're not in agreement with, with every aspect of, of my parenting decisions, right? They have every right to disagree with me. They have every right to express an honest desire to, to uh, have a different opinion and uh, what we're doing here in, in conversations with them, we're, we're providing parental guidance. We're saying, hey, you know what? Uh, let's, let's, first of all, let's, let's talk about what are our objectives as a family, right? What are our objectives? And as we talk about instruction, we're saying, okay, what, if this is our objective, if this is our God-glorifying objective for our family, what's our plan to get there? You know, what are the, the rules and the, the instruction that we're going to do in order to get to where we believe as a family we need to be, where you want to be? And then as we do that, we're coming alongside oftentimes as, um, as almost like accountability partners. Like, okay, this is where you say you want to be. This is, this is what I've, as, as your parents have kind of instructed you and trained you. Now, how can I help you as an older child? We're talking older teen here. How can I help you? Uh, how can I help you in that process? We're also, as we're fostering this type of relationship, we're providing formal times where questions can be asked. We're, we're, we're providing informal relationship touch points where questions can be asked. And then also, you know, as I think about how to foster this type of relationship, when questions are asked imperfectly, or even whenever questions are asked disrespectfully, I think we have to handle that carefully as well, especially, again, with older older kids. You know, a kid comes to you and uh, you've, you've told them, hey, this is what you need to do. Remember, we said we we're going to do this. And so, you know, uh, did you take out the garbage? No, I didn't take out the, you know, I, you know okay. and, then, and there's just kind of this, this escalation of, of upset that they don't respond well. Why do I have to take out the garbage anyway? Now, the, what you want to do, <laughs> what you want to do, you want to respond to that. You take out the garbage because I told you to take out the garbage. You take out the garbage because I am your father. I'm the paterfamilias here of the family. You know, you're, that's what you're going to do. But what do we want to do? We want to foster a relationship in which those questions can be asked. And so whenever a question is asked in the wrong way, we say, hey, you know what? Let's, let's, let's talk about this. Now, we're going to talk about this in a respectful way, but, but we're going, to, we're going to, to discuss it. We're going to say, why, you know, why, are, you, you know, why are you speaking this way, Right? Are you, are you questioning this because you don't like the rule, or what else is going on in your life right now? 
Are, are you stre- you know, you're, you're analyzing, what, are you stressed? What are you, what are you trying to accomplish here? We're offering suggestions and questions about how can we help you be obedient. Encourage you to kind of listen through Scott's talk on some gospel-centered questions you can ask your children when, when you're dealing with an angry teen. But that's what we're trying to do there. We're trying to foster this type of relationship where we're, we allow our children to ask questions. And, and you know, kind of the principle that I think exists in our house is that every rule that we have is, is open for conversation, but, but no rule is open for debate, right? In other words, we always want to have a conversation with our kids about what we're doing in our family's life, but we're not going to, to have that conversation in a, in a disrespectful or antagonistic way. I'd also encourage you to think about this type of, of, of relationship and this type of relationship where these types of questions can be asked. We're, we're spending more time with our children in deepening relationships than in developing luxuries, Right? If you love your kids and you love spending time with them, it's going to go a long way in helping them have great conversations with you about a myriad of things, including the rules that God has placed in your family's life. And if you're encountering a child, if you're encountering a child in which there is a a severe reaction to the the rules and the instructions that you're giving them, there's there's a huge amount of, of rebellion and there's simultaneously no relationship the problem isn't that you don't just have the right rules in place, right? The, the problem is the lack of relationship. And you need to do everything you can to spend the time with your child to develop that relationship so the rules can exist within the context of that relationship. Here's a third thing. Here's a third thing, and this is the main thing we looked at several weeks ago. We need to develop rules that point to the beauty of Jesus Christ and his law of love, Right? Listen, to, I, I, this is one of my favorite parenting passages in Scripture. Here's, here's what the, so the, the, the son has asked this question of the father, and the father gives this response, and there are three things that I want you to notice about the father's response that help us understand how to implement and develop rules that point to the beauty of Christ. First of all, rules should show who God is, Okay? who God is. That's the first thing you should see there. As we think about who God is, these these Christ-exalting rules, these Christ-exalting rules are grounded in who God is. You're developing rules that point to the beauty of Jesus Christ and his law of love. The the first thing we see about these rules, they need to be grounded in who God is. Listen to what the dad says first. I love this. You shall say to your son, look, we were Pharaoh's slaves in Egypt, and the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand, and the Lord showed signs and wonders great and grievous against Egypt and against Pharaoh and all his household before our eyes, and he brought us out from there that he might bring us in and give us the land that he swore to give to our fathers. And so what is he starting out there? He's starting out with truths about who God is. And before he gets to the specifics about what he wants us to do, he's grounding this in his, in his character. He, look, his, who's God? God is as we've seen throughout the Pentateuch, he's creator, he's sovereign, he's the sustainer, he loves us, we are in rebellion to him, and yet he is the God who saves. And so as you're talking to your children about rules, one of the things that needs to be communicated is, look, here is who God is. He is, he is the savior, he is sovereign. He is the one who creates us and tells us, here's what you need to do. And so you're, you're beginning your rules by grounding them and understanding who God is. 
kids know you, they know you love them, they should know that. And so whenever you give them instructions, that there should be, okay, I know who, I trust mom and dad because I know who they are. And as we think about the Christ-exalting nature of rules, and we talk about God as being the source of them, we're also telling you, now, who, here's who God is. We want to think good things about him before we get to the rules. But secondly, as we think about rules, we want to communicate, look, this is, these things are what God wants, right? Christ-exalting rules are driven by what God wants us to do. Look at the text again. Remember, the, the son, first of all, the son has said, these are the things that the Lord our God has commanded you. So he, he recognizes that these are, these are from God. And then as the dad responds, as the father responds, it says, uh, verse 24, and the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes. That children should know that the source of all our rules is ultimately God. The rules that we set for ourselves are, are either, and, and this should be, this should be uh, predominantly true, these, these rules are these rules are implementations of things that God himself has told us to do. Or these things are expressions of biblical principles that we're, that we're using in our family's context to help create structure and order, again, based on God-given principles. So, for example, you're saying, look, um, uh, God said don't lie, we're not going to lie in our home. That's, that's one of God's rules. It's, it's instruction. We're not going to, to steal. We're not going to, to hit one another. We're not going to, these, are, these are things, and here, here's chapter and verse that we can take you to, and, and here's, here's who God is, and here's what God wants us to do. Here's how he wants us to live in relationship with one another. And with, with younger children, that's pretty, it's pretty direct. With older children, you're functioning with them, uh, and you're training them, look, here, here's how two people who are, you know, one adult and one person who's either basically an adult or nearing adulthood, here's how people who, who both love God and are brothers and sisters in Christ, here's how we are going to, to function under the same roof together. And we both want to love God, here's who he is, and, and here's what God wants us to do relationally. And so together we're going to decide what that looks like based upon who God is and what he wants us to do. And some of those things, chapter, verse, here's what it says. Some of those things you say, you know what? Uh, there's not a chapter and verse that tells me what time to do curfew. There's not a chapter and verse that says, here's uh, what we need to do with the computer. Here's what we need to do in terms of how much TV to watch. But, but let's together, especially with an older child, let's, let's together, let's, let's talk about what God wants us to do, the biblical principles that don't change, and, and how are we together in this family going to implement those? With a young kid, you say, look, here's what God has told us to do, and now here's how I'm going to help you be in obedience to that, right? But a child should have the ability to know, look, these rules that exist in our family, these rules that exist in our family are, are based upon what God wants us to do. Our, uh, yeah, third thing, uh, we also want to communicate why God wants us to obey, obey, right? Why God wants us to obey. Christ-exalting rules are designed for the eternal benefit of the one who submits to them. And listen to what else the, the, the dad says here. And, and I, again, I just love this so much. God commanded us to do all these statutes, to fear the Lord our God. Why? What does it say there? For our good always. 
that he might preserve us alive as we are to this day. Here's who God is. Here's what he wants you to do. Now, why does he want you to do that? In other words, it's not like here's a kid here and here's joy and here's delight and all the good things that you can imagine of of candy and joy. And, And here's the rules. No, no, no. The rules aren't some obstacle for you to get from here to here. The rules, the instructions of a father and a mother are designed to be this, like this, this path toward joy and delight and all the good things that God has for you in life. And if a child can't see that, there's a problem. And oftentimes, parents, it's, it's a problem that we haven't done a good job communicating. Here, here's why we're doing these things. I could give many illustrations of parent, parental failures that would not be fair to me, um, frankly. But one of the good things, <laughs> one of the good things is, is and this, I've noticed this recently, when we, when we talk with our children, okay, here's... Here's what's going on in our lives. Here's, here are the rules. And when we encounter, as is inevitable, we encounter, encounter friction. Say, you know what? Here's a kid. I, I don't like what we're doing here. When we ask the question, okay, what, what would you like us to do different? You know? Okay, here's, here's, here's where we are. Here's where we said we want to be as a family. What, what do you want us to do differently to get there? The, the, our, our children, by God's grace, have usually said, no, you know what, I, 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 think this is, I think this is the right path for us to get here. I think it's very helpful for parents to ask kids, okay, what do you want in life? Now, don't ask, you know, if a kid's blowing up, well, what do you want? I don't know. What do you want? I don't know. But in, in times of good conversation, relationship, look, what, what do you want in life? What are you enjoying? How can we help you achieve God's desires for you? Okay, last thing. Expect obedience and lovingly deal with, with disobedience. We're not, going to talk, uh, we're not going to talk a great deal about that, but we think biblically about what God desires. We create rules and we discuss them with our children, especially the older children. We discuss the biblical objectives. We set the rules, and, and I think the fewer, the fewer rules on refrigerators and things like that, sometimes the better. Instead, we're saying, look, here's, uh, here's where we're headed, and... and uh, now we're going to deal with disobedience when it, when it takes place. And we watch the hearts, right? You know, when we watch the hearts. We say, okay, uh, how, are the, how are my children conceiving, uh, conceiving the rules? You know, with the younger children, you say, okay, how, how do they view discipline? One, one time I was watching my, my daughter play with her doll when she was just a, a little girl, and she was playing with her doll, and she said, you've disobeyed. Now it's the dungeon for you which concerned me, you know. What is she hearing? <laughs> With older kids, you say, okay, how, do, how are their hearts responding to correction? Is there a relationship? Is there uh, repentance? Is there a, b- a belief in our goodness and love for them? Christ-exalting rules bring joy. Christ-exalting rules bring joy. Listen to what Jesus says in Matthew 11. Scott referenced this yesterday. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm, I'm gentle, I'm lowly in heart, and you will find difficulty? No. You will find lack of joy? You will find oppression? No. What you find? You will find rest for your soul. John, 1 John Chapter 5, 
Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and obey his commandments. In other words, in obedience to God, there's, there's joy because I recognize, look, this, this is showing that I love God and I love his people. And then he says this in verse 3, and this is, this is, a, this is a verse you can cling to to say, okay, do I, am I... Am I implementing rules that are in accordance with what God would want or not. Verse 3 of 1 John chapter 5, for this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not what? They're not burdensome. God's commandments are not a thing that bring death and sorrow. They're a thing that bring life and joy and peace. We want to implement rules in such a way that our children in the church and home see the beauty of Jesus Christ and the beauty of the gospel. The message that as I fail, I can seek God in repentance, placing my faith and clinging to his son Jesus Christ and receiving forgiveness and pursuing God's glory. Let's pray. Father, we pray that by your grace we would be obedient to you. We would walk in obe- joyful obedience to you and that we, those of us who have children, would have the ability to communicate that, that joy to our kids. And those of us uh, who do not that, that have children in the home, that we also, as we implement your rules in our own life, we would encounter your joy and your grace and your beauty. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.